Welcome back. Well, the South African delegation had a tough job in Davos as they were trying to sell the country as the investment destination of choice amid a dire energy crisis. And so I caught up with Brand SA's Tembi Lendombela for a look at how South Africa was received at the World Economic Forum. Here's our conversation. You know, um, first and foremost, it was critical that we align ourselves with Team SA. Um, so when I refer to Team SA, I refer to the delegation that came with us to WEF, which comprised of uh, business, um, civil society, and obviously government. It was very clear that we needed to have a briefing to ensure alignment in terms of the message that we were taking to Davos, and that message was very clear. We were talking about a South Africa that is filled with endless possibilities, right, and potential. We were talking about acknowledging that we do have challenges. Mm -hmm. um, and in this regard, we know there's crime, we know that there's energy crisis at home. However, we said we do not want to dwell on the negative um, story or narrative rather, but we need to build on our competitive advantage. That actually puts us on a global map. So we focus largely on, um, on our exports. Mm -hmm. We focused on our private sector and the fact that South Africa houses a large number of multinationals and some are still keen to come, you know, and open up businesses in South Africa. We spoke about um, our tourism, our creative arts industry, because you know our people are inspiring you in different ways, whether it's in the film industry or music, you know, or mm -hmm. art. So we, s we had to also speak about the fact that government reforms, the structural economic reforms have been put in place and um, we've um, tightened up certain elements that needed tighten up. For instance, let's look at the, vi at the visa regime. Mm -hmm. um, where well, we saw that there had to be a red tape that has been that has been cut to enable people um, to come to South Africa, but also to um, improve the ease of doing business. So the policies, um, the reforms have been put in place. So we are very clear that we are a country that is forging ahead, mm. breaking new grounds, and continuing to inspire you in different ways. Yeah. And as much as I was not at WIF, I was watching all the updates, and I actually saw uh, that uh, you hosted South African Night on the 18th of January, where we showcased our culture, our creative industry it was absolutely fantastic. So, of course, you talk about how you do not want to dwell on the negative. And, I mean, I can genuinely say that as much as we have all these challenges, South Africa is a beautiful country. And we experience all these challenges in great mm. weather as well. Mm. And really just our people are something to behold. I mean, I yes. even come from Kabecha, that's yeah. dubbed as the friendly <laughs> city. Yes. So it's really just a showcase of beauty in the country. But at the same time, these challenges that we have, some of them are so bad that the dirty laundry even is so visible that it becomes a significant point of discussion even for international media. Mm. So as much as you are showcasing the beauty of South Africa, but there are these really, really uh, uh, hectic challenges such as load shedding uh, that are crippling the economy. So how does the message of positivity, of positivity then land when there is so much dirty laundry? Okay, so let's speak um, experience. Mm. We went to WEF, we were clear in our messages. Um, we got to WEF and we thought, hey, hang on, energy is not something peculiar to South Africa. Energy has become a global challenge. So what was more, uh, what was an eye-opener for me was the fact that we are living in challenging times. Mm -hmm. You know, it's no longer business as usual. Um, 
if you look at the consequences of COVID and the post impact, I mean, economies are not growing. Very few economies are growing. Uh, the ones on the emerging, they are not growing at a yeah. pace that they should. The ballooning of debt, it's not something that is peculiar to South Africa. We are all, most mm. of the emerging countries are loaning money, you know, from IMF, um, World Bank. So that tells you uh, geopolitical, the conflict between Russia and Ukraine, um, which has resulted in, in high inflation. I mean, the cost of living is just too much. They even released a, glo a WEF global risk report. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it pointed out two issues that are very much now common to all the countries, whether it's emerging markets or really developed markets. And then um, things such as the geopolitical um, challenges they are there, the climate change, weather, instabilities, um, and for the first time in a short term, the high cost of living was there in that report. So what am I trying to paint? I'm trying to paint a picture that it's, it's, it is um, we are living in, in really in, in, in challenging environments, and it's it's not different to South Africa. But be that as it may, it's always important to remember that in building a brand, you have to balance a narrative, particularly um, when you build nation brands. That is why, as Brand South Africa, we advocate that um, there has to be an alignment. We have to take a position, and that position must be well understood. Mm -hmm. So meaning then when we speak, we speak from, from one point of position that is being understood by all stakeholders and all role players. So at WEF, we were able to balance the narrative. That is why I referred to Let's Talk To Experience. Yeah. On the ground, because the issues were so common, people were more eager, rather, to say, what what do you have to put in the port? What is it that you're doing right? So it's a platform, a, a WEF is a multilateral platform that allows countries, um, that allows key opinion leaders, you know, the politicians, the academias, um, you know, the experts, innovators, and business voice to come up with solutions that will advance most countries and deal with the challenges mm. so for south africa not to participate in that platform it would be a miss and i say this against the backdrop of other economies from the african continent that were there um we were there with branded tanzania we were there with um, DRC, we were there with Brand Zimbabwe. Mm -hmm. So that tells you that these are countries that have their challenges. But they are not only saying, you know what, we are, look, we are going to look at challenges. They also have a view that says, what can we do? How do we go and learn you know, from the platforms that are influential and from the experts and come and bring it home and review if our um, engage the, the, uh, the, the reforms or the strategies that are in place. So to answer your question in a nutshell, I think we did a sterling job. The, yeah. the agility of the business sector because obviously they come from their respective industries and they understand the competitiveness of our brand and they were able to tell that story whether it's from the ICT or from the financial institutions or even from um, academia as I said yeah. but it was it, it's a story that became together um, after all whilst understanding that at home we left when we left it was on stage six and this is exactly where I want to go to because you talk about how uh, brand South Africa has been received very well by the mm. international community but back at home I'm wondering how you are approaching um, putting a positive light on brand SA to the domestic population is it mm. as easy as as it is for the international community um, look at home it's a bit difficult but it is it necessary it is a 
absolutely necessary job to be done. Mm. And let me tell you that when you build a brand, especially a sustainable brand, you build a brand inside out. By that, I mean it is imperative that our leaders acknowledge the role of patriotism, the role of trust and, and of equity amongst the people. Because once you have done what is best and you do the, you know, the basic needs, the basic needs and deliver on those, people are actually going to buy into your yeah. story rather than having a group of people or citizens that don't believe in your dream because you know what, you, you are not doing the same. So I'm saying there has to be a level of accountability from leaders, from people in uh, positions that are deployed to deliver services to people. Mm. So a brand is highly dependent as well on those intricacies. And it's very difficult for a brand South Africa because the assumption is that we must go and do damage control and do reputation. But it takes a whole lot more than people of brand South Africa to do that. Yeah. It takes each and every South African wearing a cap that says, I am first and foremost a brand ambassador of South Africa. And I'm I am responsible to deliver on my mandates in their own respective areas. So building a brand inside has been a challenging because I think what needs um, or there's a vacuum the same way that the president, for instance, I'm making an example, he yeah. articulated a very clear goal in terms of the investment that he wants to attract, right? Yeah. And has been doing so over the years. I'm saying there's a vacuum here to get our president to articulate a vision that will speak to South Africans and resonate with South Africans. And then we all support that vision. Mm. And it's well understood when we say who is South Africa and what does South Africa stand for or where are we taking South Africa, that's the narrative that I think if you were to grasp that mm -hmm. and run with that, the whole lot more of population in South Africa and citizens will rally behind him because suddenly they will say, hang on, he is building this brand inside out. Mm. You have to get your people to believe in you. Yeah. Then you will get them to actually um, have loyalty. Yeah. You spoke about trust, and I actually want to drill into the issue of credibility. Um, you talk about how the uh, president needs to out outline uh, his vision and his goals for the country. But you also have uh, different voices coming from ministers, for example, because as much as you say that brand building is an inside-out job, it's also a top-to-bottom job. Mm. Um, you're having, for example, a few weeks ago, Gwede Mandash is saying that load shedding is going to be a thing of the past in between 6 and 12 months. Inokodongana goes to F and says no, between 12 and 18 months. Come back home and uh, ESCOM chair Mpomagwana says, um, let's give it between 2 and 3 years if we implement stage 2 and 3 load shedding permanently. Andre Director, CEO of ESCOM, comes and says, uh, well, even if we do have permanent uh, stage 2 or 3 load shedding, we still can't guarantee that there won't be elevated levels of load shedding. So if people aren't speaking with one voice, how then can we how then can we guarantee that people believe in our credibility you know that's a very important fact and it's not the first time it's it's happening if you really remember um i can tell you that doing or doing more of that mm. misalignment in communication it dances the nation brand yeah. it dances the image the reputation it also dances how the world sees south africa now um, I'm not sure why the different, you know, yeah. points of departure in terms of messaging, but I think the sooner that all the role players are put into one room and there is one briefing that comes from ESCOM itself so that we are clear in terms of alignment, it actually shows that there has been a gap. Yeah. 
hence the different takeouts. And I can only speak from a reputation that we can no longer continue to articulate and position ourselves in a multi-dimensional you know, manner when mm. we are speaking of one issue. The same was true when um, we went through July incident, the looting. There were multiple mixed messages. Yeah. And, and we as Brand South Africa said, no, we can no longer you know, do that. What is our position and the posture? And I think it's imperative that when we are faced with a crisis, that all ministers, you know, they, they meet together, whether it's an IMC, where they are briefed properly on the issues and they all understand all the dynamics and the, even the timeline mm. um, that it will take to resolve a problem. That way you get that alignment at that level and it will cascade um, seamlessly to whether to international platforms or not. Because if, it, if we do not correct that, I can tell you, we are slowly going to lose credibility. Mm. It's not only that. I mean, there's an Edelman Trust report and their last report, it made it very clear that the levels of trust uh, between media, government, very low. Yeah. And the people that are trusted, it's two voices, it's the civil society and it's the voice of business. Now, what do we do? Any person would say, let me work more with civil society, let me, let me work more with the business, because you want to rub off, you want to have that, that association from a credibility perspective. But also, let's be brutal, honest with each other as South African, as leaders of South African. Energy crisis is here. And I believe it's true that the next two years, definitely we are going to be having roll, uh, rolling blackouts. What is, what, what is needed are interventions, because the plan is there on how to deal with the energy crisis. But I ask myself, is the speed to implement there? the urgency that understands that we are living in a country where we continue to have spikes in unemployment. And now, not only from COVID, COVID mm -hmm. we can't blame anymore. We are now getting this energy crisis that exas exacerbates everything. And once we acknowledge that we have this issue uh, and the challenge, and if we continue to be complacent or move at a very slow pace, you know, one has to paint that picture that this is the direction, the yeah. trajectory of this country is not going to look great, actually. Yeah. The future will be bleak. And once we understand that, I think there has to be accountability and a level of responsibility from all the role players that are going to account, that are going to continue giving feedback yeah. to South Africans. The same way that there were feedback during COVID, we have to have those family meetings, mm -hmm. whether with our president or with, with XCOM. What that does, it reinforces, it tells people that I care. You know, therefore, I owe you feedback. So, and I'm glad that ESCOM has accounted that the next briefing session is going to be month end of March. They need to do that more often and not to report the same thing, but show how they have moved the needle. That's how we are going to build trust, not in our institution, but trust in our leadership as well as in South Africa as a brand. Yeah. Stambile, in uh, the past, uh, one of the pillars of South Africa being seen as an, a good investment case in Africa was that it was seen as the gateway to Africa. I'm wondering how much water that notion still holds. For example, you mentioned, of course, all emerging markets have been hit by mm -hmm. crisis after crisis. But you look at the World Bank coming and saying that South Africa's uh, econ economic growth lags that of the rest of sub-Saharan Africa. You also have a lot of uh, big business uh, mm. retailers, for example, that had expanded to Africa and now also 
pulling their investments away from Africa. So meaning that their investors are only now only exposed to the South African landscape and not to the rest of Africa. So how much does uh, water, does that notion of South Africa is the gateway to Africa, how much does that still hold? I have never liked the notion that South Africa is a gateway mm. to Africa because it has um, an element of, of being arrogant because you are then saying this is how things are going to be and it's not true. Mm. But I do believe that um, the continent, the rest of the African continent will grow with South Africa. So meaning if you look at our infrastructure from air, freight, uh, road, you know that w we have the most amazing ports and that are rated um, uh, globally mm -hmm. very well. We house the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, which is one of the biggest. Last time I checked, it was in the top 20 um, globally. So that does say South Africa is truly a country that is African country mm -hmm. that is globally advanced from a competitiveness. And also the fact that when you look at our economy, diversification, the basket, it's not that South Africa is reliant on gas and fuel or oil or um, tea or just tourism. Mm. But actually, there's quite a number of investment opportunities that exist in South Africa. And that is a very beautiful prop proposition for, for a country to have because it simply says, actually, you came to visit and then wow you've seen other opportunities to invest then you come back then we get conversion more conversion until we get loyalists whether they are investors um or it's tourists but that's that's the truth and that's a fact that cannot be changed our wines are in the top 10 for yeah. instance globally so i'm saying to you whilst i don't like the notion of being a gateway my storytelling says grow with south africa mm. and i tell that to brand Kenya, to brand um, Ghana, brand Botswana, because they know that we are a hub, particularly from a supply chain and logistics. We know that very well. We've got the right infrastructure and we can latch and use that to our advantage. Parallel to that, we need to deal with the social issues um, that are going to enable growth uh, between all the African countries, especially in the era where we have the African um, continental free trade area mm. um, and, and, and agreement that is put in place, that will only work when we have dealt with the root causes that are disabled and are crippling intra-Africa trade, intra trade. And that I speak more about, you know, access to other countries. We're seeing it happen, for instance, in music. And when it happens in music, it's all jolly and lovely. But the minute you start to look at entrepreneurship and start to look at other forms of, of sectors, mm -hmm. then the, there's a threat. And I'm saying there shouldn't be a threat. Yeah. There's no reason why a, a person from Ethiopia cannot collaborate with a South African, whether it's in the food industry or it's in you know textile industry. They can complement each other because there's so much that binds us together than what separates us together. And that's the narrative that I also think media has to play a part um, in amplifying that reality. And, and the beautiful uh, fact is that out of 10 South Africans, you'll find that one knows somebody from the African continent. And believe you me, if we continue at that rate, it's not about the current population, but it's the legacy. And as brand South Africa, we're saying we are building a country. We are leaving a legacy for our children and their grandchildren. Because even if you look, I look at the peers of my, uh, my son, who's about um, 12 years. Those guys, they do not know no color. 
It's not because they come from uh, families that are possibly you know, not missing or uninformed. They just don't know any color. As somebody from Zimbabwe, somebody from Botswana, they are friends. I'm saying this exists in different demographic in, uh, from an age perspective. And it's something that if you and I understand the bigger vision of an African continent, a continent that is the second biggest in the world. Imagine if we were to master the delivery and the implementation of AFSIFTA, how much wealth we can use for our, we can leave, I mean, for our kids yeah. and their children. So I'm saying Africa, it's the time is now. We've got the resources. We have the infrastructure. We have the brains. We have the skill. My goodness, we have the young people. Our, uh, our population is uh, below our 30 mm. majority, which puts us at, um, at a great advantage when you compare to the European countries, because we know majority. I mean, I'm, I was at WEF and I was looking at the age. I felt young because <laughs> amongst those people, and we say, oh, wow, South Africa. In fact, the continent, yeah. African continent is blessed because if you nurture the youth and you inject so much from an um, employment perspective, from an education and, and opportunities. And I think the AFSIFTA is that platform. And mind you, it was discussed at WEF mm. for the first time this year. And it was Exciting. beautiful um, uh, to see um, our SG, Honorable Wamgele and Mene. Mm. And he was uh, telling a story, a beautiful story, that has tangible results of what has been delivered. Uh, by Afsifta. So that tells you that South, South Africa and the rest of the continent, they mean business. Yeah. We need to find each other and we have to work with each other. We don't all have to compete, but it's all about understanding the dynamics in terms of who is good at doing what and who is doing, who's good at doing what. And therefore, how do we, you know, um, collaborate? Because the theme at WEF was collaboration in a fractured yes. world. Absolutely. Yeah. Why is the world fractured? It's mm. all these issues that we are all facing, the geopolitical mm -hmm. issues, you know, the, con the slow growth economy. But through collaboration, there is power and there lies an opportunity. Yeah. And maybe we just need uh, more points of contact on that because, for example, um, the last event that I went to was in 2021 where there was the Intra-African Trade Fair in Durban. Mm. And it was such an exciting environment to see people from other African countries excited to be in South Africa and really excited to be collaborating with other business owners here. So hopefully we'll get more of those points of contact. I just want to touch on tourism because it's a really, as much as we, we have, uh, you know, a diverse opportunities for investment, tourism is one of them. I mentioned earlier on that South Africa is a really beautiful country. It's not just Cape Town. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's not just Cape Town. And how how is the tourism landscape looking like? And I mean, how do we continue to sell that? I, I mentioned all these challenges. There's crime. Uh, earlier on, uh, about a few weeks ago, uh, mm. I was scrolling on TikTok. I see, because there's this new trend of traveling uh, where people like to travel solo. Mm. They don't like to you know, travel with a big group of people. And this uh, TikTok user was uh, basically uh, posting uh, the uh, most dangerous countries for solo female travelers. Mm. And South Africa was number one. I was so disheartened because we have such a beautiful country to offer to tourists. How then does Brand SA navigate mm. those challenges with the beauty that South Africa has to offer to the international community? Firstly, it is, it, it is a tragedy that we were rated um, as, as one of those dangerous countries. I mean, I know the report um, mm. uh, that you have cited. But I think, you know... 
once we all understand that in nation branding space, everything is interconnected. So meaning, um, the Cape, if it, even if it means KPIs must be aligned, I'd like to see a South Africa where, um, you know, a Minister of Police can engage a Ministry of, you know, of Tourism yeah. on an ongoing basis and they even have targets that are almost aligned to each other, which then tells you that they are all targeting the same, you know, outcome. Now, that alignment that you were absolutely, about it's key and I'm saying you can't have misaligned KPIs when you are building a brand. It, a brand that is connected because it's a country brand. Yeah. So what I'm saying is we must understand as brands say we can articulate the role I mean how the world sees South Africa from a disabler perspective and then go to those relevant ministries uh, ministries as well as um, clusters and present our reports and even recommend action plans. Now then it becomes imperative that they the respective um, department then delivers because as you say I think we have the best tourism sector. In fact, I look at it as one of our best profit sanctuaries. Mm -hmm. um, and I think because you can only milk a cash cow so much, there has to be an element again of accountability and being intentional. If you look at the ratio of population, last time I checked for every 100 citizens, there was only one police. And I'm saying that ratio, it, it tells yeah. you why the rate of crime is high. And that's the ratio that needs to be fixed. Um, so perhaps somebody needs to look at how the money, the budget is spread and see how best to allocate where it matters, deal with disablers, all those things that we know that um, I, 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 I'm, I'm are blocking the brand from progressing. I would deal with those and be brutal honest with it and, and, and then align them with those areas um, where we want to see um, improvement. For instance, as I say, aligning the Ministry of Police to, um, to tourism, aligning the home mm. affairs because they are an enabler from an accessibility perspective. So you make sure that if I align these three people and they all speak to each other and their targets, they speak to each other. Mm. That's, that's the head we need to start wearing going forward if we are to build this competitive brand that we believe in. And I think it's a country that it really has endless potential. We just need to realize those. So there's a little bit of conversion that needs to happen and it won't happen miraculously it will happen when we are all aligned to the vision and we understand what is it that we need to do and capable people you know there's a saying that says you need to have the right people on the bus yeah and then you communicate your strategy and then you allow those people to discharge and implement and you hold them accountable with those KPIs that I referred to yeah. on an ongoing basis. On an ongoing basis. When we have a crisis, have a model that we've created and proposed as Brand South Africa, all ministers to meet together. And Brand South Africa must be there, not because we think we are better, but we are saying we are the brand custodian and we are the ma reputation management agency. So it's good to actually let us in so that we can give you our own advice based on the indices that we track. And we can come up with a plan that we can then articulate, articulate to the rest of the world. Mm. Stabile, is immigration something brand SA worries about? Uh, a few months ago, the CEO of Momentum Metropolitan, Hilly Mayer, said that he's actually very worried about the shrinking savings pool in the country because you have high net worth individuals leaving the country. And actually, uh, just a few months ago, FNB senior economist, uh, Pamandla Mkwanazi, uh, said at the tax indaba that one in five house sales in SA is due to immigration. Mm. Is that something that 
you worry about and something that you maybe think that you could, um, I don't know, help in, in kind of lessening mm. it? You know, it, it is concerning that you find people that are, that are living you know, um, and, and, but you have to be honest, why are people leaving? Mm. Um, I know quite a few recently that decided to leave because um, and emigrate because of energy crisis. Yeah. And they say it's just impossible to live in this country. But I also know the loyalists that says, even though it's tough, I'm willing to stick around and rather play my part to ensure that, you know, um, things are moving and I'm contributing to a positive change. Um, I think that is a content that not only Brent South Africa should monitor. I think the speed at which our leaders resolve the issues and, and come to a solution in a fast, most efficient and effective way will assist us in eradicating more people living in South Africa. As I said to you, we might actually take it light because as South Africans, we somersault mm -hmm. through challenges. So we've already immune, we are immune to the energy that we are living through load shedding. Quite resilient but as well. You know, mm. but it's not, it's not okay. Mm. Really, really, truly, it's not okay because give it long term, I know for a fact that in the next five years should situation remain as is yeah. we are really heading towards a yeah. catastrophic time so we need to get a move on we need on to get reforms. a move absolutely all right so just lastly we could talk for an hour um but we are running out of time just lastly um i know that within BRICS, south africa now has the presidency mm -hmm. uh, within BRICS. how is brand is then planning on uh, leverage, leveraging uh, that position yes we take chairship during hard times mm -hmm. as well especially as i said during the conflict of Russia yeah. and, and Ukraine and the world is watching to see whether we're taking a side. But because we know our position and posture in that we are a country that promotes peace, that believes in, you know, um, having those bilaterals and that the forums actually deal and discuss the issues. But I also think it provides an opportunity for our president to show his leadership skills that, you know, during the most trying times mm. actually being a leader means this and he can demonstrate that and i think as Prince south africa we are there to then show and tell the story of what BRICS, that whole strategic alliance has done not only for south africa but for the rest of the african continent which is a story that has been absent for a long time mm. because if you ask a layman in this on the street whether in south africa or in nigeria do you know what BRICS you know has done for us they don't know so we've committed ourselves to telling that brick story in a manner that's going to resonate with an ordinary South African. Well, that was the acting CEO of Brand Essays, Tembi Lendombela.